From our studios in beautiful North Florida, it's in black and right. And now your host, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. I'm Jerry Brooks, your host, your baby-faced assassin of freedom, also tour guide through the highly whacked out world of Joe Biden's America and so much more. Well, folks, we're doing a special uh, today on this Saturday. We are exactly 45 days away from the most important and most consequential midterm election of my lifetime and I'm sure for the lifetime of many others. And yes, we are definitely going to stay focused on November the 8th because November the 8th is really only phase one because after that that's when the real hard stuff comes dealing with the lame duck session of Congress and the anticipated spending orgy that would make drunken sailors jealous as well as the new Congress being seated in January so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot going on over the next uh, few weeks, but we will be here. And since, and I do apologize that we didn't have our regular WTF Friday yesterday, so our Saturday special today is going to be a little bit uh, what I call uh, double extra large. Uh, so we're going to deal with some subjects that actually happened over the last 24 hours and as well as some other news of the day that really makes you go WTF. So my friends, uh, before we get started, as always, if you wish to send us messages via email, questions, comments, hate mail, whatever, you can go to inblackandright at gmail.com or you can go to our website in blackandright.net we've made some updates over the last few days about some very important stories uh, that you should know about and we're going to be dealing with other things as well uh, starting on Monday uh, so first off that really kind of got me uh, really wondering I mean this is once again, a great example of the amazing and just brilliant work by John Solomon of Just the News. Great website. John Solomon is a five-star investigative reporter. And boy, did he come up with a great one on Friday. And the headline reads simply this. Congress secures first Hunter Biden whistleblowers as memos unmask lucrative gas deals with China. And the subheading, internal company memos show Hunter Biden effort to score American liquefied natural gas ports, gas deals, and drilling ventures for Beijing. Not for the United States, but for the communist 
Chinese Party of China. Oh my gosh, folks, this is crazy. Now, for those who think that, oh, just leave Hunter Biden alone, and of course, no big surprise, any vote in Congress for a Hunter Biden probe gets shot down by the Democrats. Yeah, okay, that's not a revelation, but hey, you know, what do you, what do you expect? But John Solomon's work is first rate. He brought the receipts. And the first two paragraphs of this story say a lot in in a little bit of space. And I just and I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I want to read at least some of it to let you know what's going on with this. And Solomon starts, President Joe Biden boasts proudly today he is leading an incredible transition, quote unquote from fossil fuels. But just three years before he won the presidency, his family worked to score billions of dollars in deals helping executives in communist China gain access to U.S. natural gas, oil, and energy infrastructure. According to internal business memos and interviews with congressional investigators, memos obtained by Just the News from the Hudson West III LLC partnership that presidential son Hunter Biden operated with a prominent Chinese business executive named Gong Wen Dong show the Biden family pursued at least 21 major deals in 2017 and 2018 for Chinese interest seeking U.S. energy assets, including liquefied natural gas export terminals, uh, LNG trade deals, drilling exploration firms, pipelines, and other key energy assets. Okay, now this, in the context of what has already happened with Biden and the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, how he has absolutely squandered it. Now, for those who may not know, the purpose of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, it is a reservoir. It is a reserve for use in times of war, natural disaster, or any such emergency in the United States, period. Not to be squandered by trying to artificially lower gas prices, which frankly are going to be going up Anyway, as we're going into the fall, the weather's going to get colder, especially in the Northeast, the Great Lakes region, the Plains states. Yeah, and yet the Strategic Petroleum Reserve right now is at the lowest level it has been in nearly 40 years. So, and plus... Um, to add more insult to more injury and to rub salt in an open wound, the, of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the Biden administration sold a, a fair amount of that overseas. They've sent it offshore, including nearly one million barrels of our oil being sold to China to a firm that has direct connections with the Chinese Communist Party. 
Well, well, and well, folks. Isn't that just fun? Thoroughly messed up, and yet here we are going around the world, hat in hand, to Saudi Arabia, to Venezuela, to Iran, and other oil producers, and we're begging them for oil, which we can get ourselves on our own turf. Good night, folks. This is crazy. And now you have whistleblowers now who worked with Hunter Biden, who produced the receipts on this, these memos, and yet nobody wants to talk about it. They certainly don't want to talk about it in D.C. And certainly, as to be expected, the Democrats and their mainstream media minions are trying to keep it under the rug. But nope, thank goodness for people like John Solomon and Just the News. He is the one who's bringing this to the nation's attention because the mainstream media sure as heck won't. Now, a little bit further in uh, John Solomon's column, uh, according to evidence released by Republican Senators Charles Grassley, Republican of Iowa, and Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, along with Congressman James Comer, uh, Republican of Kentucky, who is the ranking member of the House Oversight Committee, Hudson West III's goal was to find deals to benefit its primary partner in Beijing, CEFC, the Chinese energy giant led by Chinese businessman Ye Jingming, or Jiangming, whom Hunter Biden met back in 2015. So, my friends, curiouser and curiouser, the mystery grows. Which means it's going to be pretty dang hot in D.C., and I'm not talking about the weather. The weather's going to be cold, but in a lot of these uh, committees, key committees, judiciary and others, yeah, it's going to get real ugly up in here. It really is. So, so that's certainly one that makes you go, hmm, or WTF. I mean, but really, this is the type of stuff that uh, Miranda Devine, the columnist for the New York Post, wrote about in her book, The Laptop from Hell. And now there's even more. And it's slowly getting out there, but not by the traditional corporate legacy media. There are other uh, news sources that are getting this information out without having to go through CNN or MSLSD or anybody else for that matter. So that's one really fascinating little piece that you can expect to uh, have a lot more to talk about, especially when the new Congress gets seated in January. So there's certainly one. But now we're talking about... Hang on a second. Okay, hang on a second. Yeah. Sorry about that one, folks. But yes. Now, speaking of whistleblowers, here's one that absolutely makes me really ticked off. 
because this involves a veteran FBI agent who was outed by the media. And this absolutely just does not work because this man, I mean, because now that his now that he's been outed, I mean, we're certainly not talking about anything that's going to uh, really get into any type of legalities because the uh, because whistleblower laws are supposed to grant whistleblowers protection from retaliation, but apparently uh, the FBI uh, apparently didn't get that memo because the story again, just the news coming out with this, key lawmaker worried FBI whistleblowers facing retaliation as evidence of politicization mounts. Now, this is coming from Jim Jordan, congressman from Ohio, who will be, I believe, the future chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, which is going to absolutely drive Jerry Nadler completely out of what's left of his mind. But, yes, this is a concern that Congressman Jordan uh, expressed to John Solomon on his podcast. Because a FBI agent, 12-year veteran, was on their SWAT team and is actually from here in Florida. He was essentially suspended, stripped of his badge, stripped of his gun, escorted out of the FBI field office in Daytona Beach for his coming forward to people like Jim Jordan and explaining why certain things in the FBI just did not make any sense. So, this again, another great story, and just reading a little bit of it. Now, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, the top Republican on the House Judiciary Committee and its likely chairman if the GOP wins the House in November, confirmed to Just the News that Steve Friend, a whistleblower whose identity was outed on TV recently, is facing some form of disciplinary action. Now, Congressman Jordan uh, said, and I quote, we now understand, based on what we've learned, that he's been suspended, which appears to be some kind of retaliation, uh, unquote, as Jim Jordan explained to John Solomon. So, yeah, this is even crazier because uh, Congressman Jordan went further, and I quote, I don't know, maybe there's some other reason for that, but obviously... The law says that whistleblowers, agents coming forward as whistleblowers, are protected by the law. There's not supposed to be retaliation. Unquote. But, oh my gosh. This is just crazy. Now, whistleblowers, especially FBI whistleblowers, are now... Uh, now they're not safe because... Now that this one agent has been outed, and I have no idea why the Bureau did it, but this, it doesn't, from everything I've learned about this man, he was a 12-year veteran of the FBI. He was respected by many of his colleagues and peers. But when he started talking about 
the FBI cooking the books, quote-unquote, if you will, essentially being taken off of other cases and being assigned to other investigations which involved January 6th. But the problem is, uh, Mr. Friend might have been assigned to it, but he never investigated these type of cases because the FBI wanted to push forth the narrative of that Biden push that right-wing extremists are everywhere and MAGA Republicans are dangerous and blah, blah, blah. And the FBI, according to Mr. Friend's allegations, was heavily involved in it. I mean, not just, you know, dabbled, their, dabbled here and there, full-blown to the point where they were willing to violate FBI protocol and policy to do it. Now, Mr. Friend, who was, uh, who expressed his concerns to his superiors, and eventually he got suspended and, and everything, and he was outed. But if he was outed as a whistleblower, the FBI just broke federal law by outing this man's name. So it was crazy, absolutely crazy, that the FBI, very much in cahoots with the Biden regime, to push forth the foolish narrative that there's these, you, that essentially half the country were domestic terrorists, MAGA Republicans, America First, Patriots, doesn't matter. You are going to be investigated by the FBI. You'll have agents knocking at your door, wondering what the heck's going on. You'll be falsely accused of something. I mean, the, the FBI has really screwed this pooch so bad, I think the dog is dead. I mean, it's awful what they're doing. And yes, I really hope that Congressman Jordan gets the chairmanship of the Judiciary Committee because the FBI, as much as they want to think that somehow they're holier than thou, they're virtuous, they're, you know, they're going to do, they're just going to stand up for the law. It's like, BS. Look what you do to your own who won't jump, who basically won't get with the program. I mean, that's ridiculous to do that. To a decorated FBI veteran, respected by his peers, probably has an exemplary record, but nope, you can't do that. You've got to get stay with the program, and don't you dare blow the whistle to anybody in Congress. Next. I mean, that's just, that's just wrong on so many counts. I don't even know how to really wrap my head around this. You know, we're supposed to respect the FBI, the men and women, and then all that. You know, you've got Christopher Ray and Merrick Garland, you know, acting all sanctimonious and self-righteous. And yet, mm-hmm, yeah, and this is what you do to one of your own who won't get with your program. I mean, we've already got about 14 other agents, this uh, Steve Friend may at least 15 that I know of who work for the FBI and they are spilling the beans. They're singing like Andrea Bocelli. 
and it's going to make for really interesting hearings come the next Congress. So this is one of those to-be-continued kind of stories, but it's still a WTF. I mean, that they would be doing that. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Uh, but here's, you know, I've got a couple more little things that just really blow my mind. And this absolutely proves something I've said for years, many, many years. And also, it's proof of what Rush Limbaugh, the late great icon, used to say on his show for years, demonstrating absurdity by being absurd. And there is no better candidate for this than Georgia's Democrat nominee for governor, Stacey Abrams, once again sticking her ever-loving foot in her big mouth. In Atlanta, just earlier this week, and this is a story from the New York Post, Stacey Abrams faces backlash for claiming six-week fetal heartbeat is manufactured sound. And I'm like, why? I mean, you you got to hear what she said to really understand how thoroughly brain-dead this woman is. I mean, just brain-dead. But it just blows my mind. And she said, quote, there is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks, unquote. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. Now, I'm thinking to myself, that has got to be, I mean, yeah, she's a black woman, but still, stupidity doesn't discriminate. It never has, and it never will. How can this woman, who also said that Georgia is a really bad place to live, yet she's running to be its governor? Huh? Oh, uh, wake, wake up. Wake, wake up, folks. Wake up, my friends in Georgia. This woman wants to be your governor, and yet she's saying something that has patently been proven false. Not, and yes, I followed the science. I followed medicine. Uh, pediatricians, OBGYNs, they know this. It's a basic part of their care for their patients. Oh my, my gosh. I mean, and this woman, and she's there. When she said this nonsense, she was there with a bunch of uh, younger, younger blacks. I'm like, I don't know if this, these were professionals or college students, but whatever. This woman is brain dead. I mean, of, I mean, totally brain dead. Or she's just probably the world's worst liar. And I love that there were some who really got thoroughly upset. And a lot of them, a ton of them were women, conservative women. And probably the one that had the most impact when I read this story was Michelle Tafoya, former uh, sportscaster. She used to work for NBC, 
on their Sunday night football uh, program as a sideline reporter, but she said in a tweet answering back, so, at Stacey Abrams, when my male doctors told me they could no longer hear my baby's heartbeat as I lost pregnancy after pregnancy, was that fake too? Did they manufacture the absence of my baby's heartbeat in order to force me to terminate the pregnancy? Quote, unquote. I'm like, mm, hello, thank you, Michelle Tafoya. I mean, I don't care. I mean, she is a star amongst the radical wackadoodle left. But to say something like that, I'm like, that's really sick. And to all those women who have had pregnancies, but they miscarried for whatever reason, that you are a heartless piece of crap, Stacey Abrams, to other women who have had to deal with the pain of having lost a baby during pregnancy. I'm like, I mean, this woman is absolutely off of her dadgum rocker. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I live in Florida because we have a governor that actually makes sense. And he doesn't do really stupid stuff like this. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And she's not exactly really doing a bang-up job in the polls because she is behind Brian Kemp um, in the latest polling. I'd forgotten how much she's behind but she's not winning and she's going to and at the rate she's going she's going to lose the governorship again and she will still be delusional enough to think that oh the election was stolen the election was stolen right mm-hmm yeah look in the mirror first before you go after somebody Stacy because uh, girlfriend the real problem is staring back at you in the mirror that's why you lost twice and you're good well you lost once and you're going to lose it again unless you and your friends cheat because the cheat is on folks it's on it's on in congress because the house has passed hr1 which would federalize elections it is horrendously unconstitutional it's a direct violation of state legislatures constitutional right to come up with their own rules and laws for voting so yeah let's but it's still gonna they're still gonna try it folks I promise you they're still going to try to steal this thing maybe not on such a huge scale but they're gonna try and we're one week away from the month of October so just continue to stay vigilant and be ready for any type of potential October surprise. And we're just gonna keep going on that one. So, something else from the incredibly brain-dead department. Now, the mainstream media, not all of them, but a good chunk of them, ignored the story, which really made me wonder, why would they ignore a story that potentially fits their false narrative? And that is the story of the young 18-year-old named uh, Kaylor Ellingston, or Ellingson, I, uh, who was hit by 
a deranged and probably drunk uh, left winger who was totally wackadoodle uh, and he took his SUV ran down this young man with a bright future ahead of him and committed vehicular homicide now later on he called 911 on himself and apparently admitted to police that he had run down the young man because they got into a political argument quote unquote and this guy was felt threatened because he was under the delusion that this young man was part of an extremist Republican group. It's like, first of all, to take your vehicle and use it as a 40-year-old plus man, to run down an 18-year-old just because you had a quote-unquote political argument, that's stupid up front. And apparently, the Shannon Brandt, who was the driver, 41 years old, uh, he, I do believe he also might have been cited for a DUI. Now that right there, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty stupid too, drinking and driving. But it's even more stupid when you apparently use your vehicle to cut the life of a young man short because of quote-unquote a political argument. Now, I don't know if this guy, this Brant dude, up there in North Dakota, of all places, I mean, North Dakota is a rather red state, but apparently even they have their wackadoodles. So now, here's a guy who admits that he hit a kid, and the kid later died. But what was even worse than that, to me, that made me scratch my head, was the fact that this Brant ding-dong got a $50,000 bond, posted bail, and now he's free. And yet, the, the he got a $50,000 bond for vehicular homicide? Why is this dude not in jail? That's a felony, people. I mean, I didn't think a place like North Dakota was into either cashless bail or, or anything like that. That guy, Brant, should be right now sitting in jail awaiting trial. But no, he's all lawyered up. He put up the money to get it for his bail. He's not talking to the media. And the police are still investigating. But the problem is, the North Dakota police... Uh, the state police or the local sheriff's office, they can't seem to corroborate Brant's story. They, <laughs> that, that was crazy. They have no evidence that Kaylor Ellingson was a part of any type of extremist Republican group. And apparently, Brant's story uh, hasn't been totally corroborated either. So there's still an investigation, but this guy is out of jail for a felony just because he happened to have the money to post bail. I mean, what judge was stupid enough to do that? There's a question that needs to be asked. Why was, what judge 
let this guy out on a felony on bail and not just I mean and 50 grand I mean oh that's a hot that one my friends is a huge head scratcher to me huge and I'm wondering you know I mean there's still going to be more about this case that's going to come out uh, and I'm and I'm going to try to keep track of it but boy there's some questions that need to be asked there really needs to be and especially the judge who granted the bail yeah I'd like to find the name of this person because this guy or gal needs to be told wait a minute uh, you let a guy out uh, accused of vehicular homicide out on 50 grand bail what are you thinking or better question what were you thinking because I highly doubt that sort of thing would be North Dakota law I really don't think it is but that's another one of those to be continued stories but this last one that I want to talk about today absolutely fries me to the core of my soul I unapologetically am a follower of Jesus Christ and he has been incredibly good to me even when some of his kids haven't but this story absolutely makes me go what the heck now today in the suburb of Katy Texas which is a I believe around the Houston area a drag show a drag show is taking place today at First Christian Church Katy Texas a and yet apparently now this is one of those nice woke churches the one where they take the truth of the Bible and just completely mess it up they do because this woke Jesus that seems to be invading an awful lot of churches and especially a place like Texas I mean it's bad enough you got drag shows that little children school-age children like elementary school age are going to I mean they even had one at this club in Dallas Texas which made me go what I mean who's coming up with this nonsense and now apparently this woke church this the Christian left the I guess the ecumenical movement if you want to call it that they're like oh well we're gonna love these people you know LGBTQ you know they want to be inclusive because Jesus isn't going to judge you I said wait a minute I'm not a pastor I'm not a theologian but where do these people get these nonsensical ideas now I'm not saying that you know I'm gonna be mean about it you know and get all judgmental but the actions of these supposed leaders Christian leaders make me go are, are, are you really thinking this through I mean I'm not gonna judge them that's not my job but have you but I will judge their actions 
and I will call them on it because this is nonsensical. This is not biblical. This is not what Jesus would do. Jesus loved people, but, but, I mean, and I, and I really hate to sound like I'm doing a sermon here, but most in the New Testament, a lot of the times when Jesus met someone and did a miracle, they healed them of something, or they did a miracle for them, he would tell them, oh, you just keep going. You know, like the woman caught in the act of adultery. That's a perfect example. I mean, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's the Ten Commandments. But what did Jesus say after he encountered her? It's like, well, it's okay. You just keep going and doing what you're doing. No, that's not what he said. He said, and he did it a lot more than once. Go and sin no more. Period. Those five words. And if you're going to talk about Jesus being this like, oh, gives you a thumbs up, a wink and a nod, like, you know, like buddy, like Jesus is your buddy. No. This is the, the, the real Jesus was the type of guy who went into the temple of the money changers with a cat of nine tails and he busted stuff up. He busted it up. Big time. And what? And after that he said, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So, I don't understand how these woke folks get these really goofy ideas about Jesus and the Bible and thinking that it's okay. I said, folks, Winston Churchill, one of my heroes, had one of the coolest quotes ever when dealing with compromise. Because the context was Winston Churchill had met with his war cabinet who were starting to discuss at, during the Battle of Britain, uh, the London Blitz, uh, discussing possibly making some type of concessions to Hitler and the Third Reich and Winston Churchill was having none of it. None of it. And he brilliantly said in his inimitable style, you cannot reason with a tiger while your head is in its mouth. Yes. Because, yeah, we're supposed to love people, but we're supposed to win them over to accepting Christ, not giving them a pat on the head for their lifestyle. Because if you're going to follow Jesus, really follow the real biblical Jesus, it's going to mean you're going to have to change. And since we can't really do it ourselves, he has to help us. I mean, Lord knows, I was not exactly a Boy Scout. And in many ways, I'm still not. But... I know he loves me and I try to do the right thing. Do I need help? Every stinking day. And I have to do it battling health issues of all kinds. And yet, every day when I get up, it's a day that he's granted me. And 
I try to do the best I can on this program to stand up for what's right. And for those who may not want to be lectured or sermonized, that's fine. But is it going to stop me from telling the real truth? No. Because this your truth, my truth stuff is crap. There is the truth and your opinion. And that's how it works. You don't get to come up with these, oh, well, that's just your truth. It's like, no, it's the truth. If you can't deal with it, that's not my problem. That's not my choice. My job is to simply tell it and to try to tell it as calmly as I possibly can. But I'm not going to sugarcoat things. We are in a spiritual war and it's manifesting itself all over the place. Not just in politics, not just in elections, but apparently in churches as well. This whole LGBT inclusive, you know, everything's all good, which it's not, is all over the place. I mean, I heard of a church down in Naples, Florida, right there on the uh, southern Gulf Coast, that had the same type of a thing. They were sponsoring a drag show because somehow if you're trying to prove that by doing this that you're somehow virtuous uh i hate to break it to you folks but uh not happening it's not that it's not that way that's not the way it's supposed to be and if you want to call me a bigot a homophobe you can call me whatever the heck you want but is it going to change me no is it going to stop me from telling the truth no Am I supposed to be silenced because you're all offended? And by the way, being offended is a choice. It's not a right or a privilege. It's not. So just a little side note there. But no, this isn't good. And it really makes me wonder. Actually, it really doesn't make me wonder. It kind of validates some things for me because... As much as the modern American church is messed up, it's no wonder that so few really understand what's going on. And I'm talking pastors, other ministry leaders. It's wartime, folks. We should be on a war footing, and this is part of the war. If churches can't get the job done, and they become the culture that they're supposed to confront it makes it only proves what i've said i said it to a friend of mine once you can't change what you won't confront and if you won't confront sin if you won't confront evil i mean this some of this stuff is just evil and wait till next week when i get into this whole thing about the gender clinic at vanderbilt university Whew. That's going to be a whole lot of fun, and I'm probably going to tick off a whole bunch of folks, but I don't really care. Because the truth needs to be told, and evil needs to be confronted and exposed. If we're not going to do that as followers of Jesus, hey, might as well just go home and say, last one out, turn the light off, and make sure the door's locked. We don't have a choice, folks. We just don't. Not just about the election. But the direction of the country, the direction of our culture, I mean, there's so much at stake. 
in so many ways and it's a little tough for me to keep track of but I'm gonna do my best to stand up for what's right and continue to do so regardless of the cost and with that in mind folks thank you once again for listening to this Saturday special of in black and right you can listen to our audio podcast we can be found on all podcast platforms just pick your favorite one of uh, Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whichever you want. You can always find us. You can also uh, check us out. We are all over social media. We are on Truth Social, Getter, Rumble, True Patriot Network, and Locals. So just check us out at our website and follow us, subscribe, like us. Hey, it's a beautiful thing. So... Take care, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy some college football or the NFL on Sunday. And just remember, 45 days until we really start taking our country back. And with that, take care, God bless, and remember, patriots come in all colors.